0: Chapter 31. Quantanamo Quan picked up on the first ring. Where are you? he asked. I don't know, Luke said, his voice still shaking from his adrenaline rush. Somewhere in a parking garage downtown. Richard Long is dead. Shot right in front of us, Luke said. Oh my God, you and Amon okay? Quan asked. Luke recounted the entire series of events. Hoping that talking about it would help him calm down and praying that Quan could add more than an invisible head nod from afar. Did you call the police? Quan asked. Are you seriously asking me that? We hauled ass, of course, Luke screamed at Quan. You left a guy there who's going to put you at the scene, Quan said, matter of factly. Oh, you mean the guy that actually killed him? Are you suggesting we should have stayed, called the cops, and hung around explaining the whole thing? Or maybe I should have just killed the other fucker, too. Which option would you have chosen? Luke started getting nauseous at the thought of the man he had killed. I don't need you saying stupid shit right now. Jack is our first priority, and the only reason we're here. I'll deal with the police after I find Jack. Quan let Luke's rant slide. So based on what Richard Long said, you have to go to Magnus' office, right? Quan asked. Not getting defocused by Luke's rant. Luke calmed down a bit. I don't know. I really hadn't thought that far ahead. I'm fucking still shaking, man. If he's got hard copy files, that may lead us to where Jack is. You gotta get him. Otherwise, we may never find him, Quine continued, talking Luke down from the ledge. Luke heard the word, yeah, escape his lips. Ammon quickly piped in. He was starting to calm down and get his head right as well. Can you send us directions to the Greenleaf corporate offices, Amon asked. Can you also check and see if it's anywhere near us? They heard Quan typing like a maniac in the background. You're not far. Directions on the way. Let me know if you need anything else. I'm working on the hotel video and have a couple of new things to try. Jack's phone is still silent, but I've got everything set up in the event that the location beacon fires up, Quan said. Quan hung up leaving Eamon and Luke to ponder what to do next. Luke sat in the rover and took a deep breath. Basically around the corner, huh? He asked absently, looking at the map on Eamon's computer. Yep, Eamon said. You know, this thing hasn't really gone as planned so far, Luke said sarcastically. Oh, so we had a fucking plan? Eamon asked in disbelief. Luke laughed out loud, a little manic. Eamon put his hand on Luke's shoulder. You didn't mean to kill that guy. It was an accident. That guy's days were numbered a long time ago. Just let it go. Jack is our priority. Let's do what we gotta do to find him. Luke nodded. Yeah, well, let's go see if those cocksuckers left anything at that office that'll help us find Jack. We need to get ahead of this thing before they figure out what just happened. Eamon nodded in agreement and Bosco let out a low, random growl, looking straight into Luke's eyes. This has been a really fun night. We should do it more often, he said, slamming the rover into gear and heading to Greenleaf's offices. Greenleaf's offices were in a brand-spanking-new steel-and-glass building where it appeared they were the first and only tenant. Maybe it was the recession, or Greenleaf got a rolling start moving in but a quick drive-by gave the impression that there was still construction going on. Tarps and furniture covers littered the lobby. The building was 15 stories high with a sizable parking garage below that was empty with the exception of a few drywall and painter vans. They drove into the garage and did a few circular NASCAR laps around the garage's lower levels to check for any out-of-place cars. Luke dropped Amon by the elevator to see if it was working. He ducked in and gave Luke the thumbs up. Parking in the garage didn't feel right, especially if they had to make a quick exit. After what had just happened, getting boxed in wasn't high on Luke's priority list. He drove out of the garage and parked out on the street. It didn't feel right to make Bosco sit in the car any longer, so he let him out. The upside was that Bosco took direction better than Amon or Quan. Luke figured that he could use the the just-out-walking-the-dog line if anyone asked. It'd be interesting to see if that would work, especially if they were caught breaking and entering Greenleaf's offices. I can always say he's a weed-sniffing dog and could not help himself, Luke thought. There was nothing good about their situation, and Luke hated the whole idea. But he had to find his brother and could tell that Bosco sensed the need, too. Bosco clung to Luke, eyeballing everything. A big brown, badass guardian watchdog. They made it to the garage elevator with no issues. Pressed the 10th floor button with green leaf written on a strip of masking tape above it. Luke raised his eyebrows. Go figure, he said to Amon as they exited on the 10th floor lobby. Meanwhile, Quan sat in his hotel room, fingers flailing at his computer keyboard. The sucking sound of the anemic two-cup coffee machine provided some background noise, pumping out sludge at a rate that surely wouldn't keep pace with Quan's coffee habit. The events Luke and Amon had described shook Quan up and fueled his typing mania. To say this was getting serious was an understatement of galactic proportions. He had to find the missing video from Caesar's Palace of the person who had broken into their offices and set up a listening post in the hotel. He had no idea if Jack's disappearance had anything to do with the office break-in. But Luke was convinced there was a connection, and he was starting to get the same eerie tingle in his spine. Quan took the same approach Eamon did getting into the hotel's video system. There was no question, the recent footage that should have been in the memory buffer of the camera nearest the room had been erased. Worse, there was no network-attached storage device on their system that had any camera files on it. Quan scratched his head and sipped more coffee. He checked his custom tracking app for Jack, Luke's, and Amon's phones. Jack's was still blank. He could see that Luke and Amon were almost at Greenleaf. He could only imagine what was running through their heads. He was staring at the shitty hotel painting of a sunrise peeking through the clouds when it hit him. Cloud stores! he said to himself it took about 30 minutes before he found what he was looking for a document buried in a training manual on their corporate server describing the hotel's cloud video archive solution he quickly found the cloud host and entered the same credentials he had used to gain access to the hotel's on-site live video feed it worked 15 minutes he'd found the file and begun to download it to his computer the file was uncompressed and it took a while. He was in the middle of adding powdered coffee whitener to his java when the video footage began to play. Good God, he muttered, squinting and replaying the footage no less than ten times to be sure. Holy shit, he said, breaking his strict no-cursing policy. Dismayed at the footage in front of him, he'd always thought she was mean and nasty, but not nefarious. Again, he stared at the footage, watching Jack's girlfriend, Beth, enter and leave the room. He sat back in his chair for a moment, trying to process what he had just seen. Staring at the video, it didn't take a huge mental leap to realize Beth had been playing them for a while, nearly a whole year. He rubbed his eyes and tried to make sense of it all. Beth had always been so incredibly self-absorbed and bitchy, he never considered there was more to her. Who the hell is she anyway? Corporate spy? A government spy, Quan thought? The list of possibilities were long, and none were good. Quan was never as intuitive about these things as Luke or Amon, but she must be really good to slip by them and Jack, especially Luke. Quan tried to reach Amon and Luke to call off the Greenleaf break-in, but his calls went straight to voicemail. Three more times, but nothing. He texted them, telling them to call him, but each message came back as undeliverable. Crap, I just freaking spoke with them. Luke and Amon are in downtown Toronto. How could there not be cell service? He sat feeling helpless. He was no closer to finding Jack, and now he couldn't reach Amon or Luke to tell them about Beth. He sat staring at the blips on the screen with no way to help. He could hear his heartbeat pounding in his ears coffee and adrenaline pumping through his body. He called Amon and Luke again, still nothing. That was until he put his phone down and stared at it for a moment. Why didn't I think of that, he asked himself, remembering almost a year ago he'd given Beth one of the office phones. He began typing the phone number and the credentials of Beth's phone in his tracking system. Her original phone was the victim of the first Glasser New Year's Eve party that Jack had invited her to. She hadn't even properly met Luke when he accidentally pushed her in the pool. Little black dress instead of a bathing suit, her phone in her hand at the time. Everyone assumed that she began the transformation into a world-class asshole at that time. But under the circumstances, maybe not. Jack had asked him to get her a new phone. Since he already had the same model phone in inventory, he just gave her one of theirs. The only difference between commercial phones and theirs was a tamper-proof case and a motion-powered battery designed to keep the phone's GPS beacon activated. Even if the phone was turned off and the battery was dead, small physical movements of the phone would power the GPS beacon indefinitely. Though he never activated it, he was sure her new phone would have the same tracking software on it. Maybe not the same version, but close enough. He input the phone information and security credentials on his computer and hit enter. He gave himself a 50-50 chance of success, but it was better than nothing. After a minute, nothing. The screen still said searching. However, the application looked locked up. He was about to quit the program when a loud ping sounded and a map popped up with the phone's location. Shoot, 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 Quan muttered to himself. Beth was in one town over, in Hamilton, at the airport, just five miles away from him. There was no way this was a coincidence. Luke was right. Jack's disappearance, the office break-in, and now Beth in Canada? They had to be connected. Quan had no clue who Beth was working for or why, but that would have to wait. He tried to reach Luke and Amon once again.